Hey, guys, before we start the show, we want to let you know that we are doing a live show in Los Angeles. Saturday, August 26th at 2 p.m. at the Bootleg Theater near downtown Los Angeles. You can find out more information and tickets at bootlegtheater.org. This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, let's put the self in selfishness. Plus, Biz has an unimportant update. Teresa is getting messages, and it's coming from within her bra. And we talk to Brett McKay of The Art of Manliness. Woo! Hi, Teresa. Good morning to you. (laughs) How is your day? This is a biz original. It is. It is a biz original. Wow. Thanks. I was like waiting for it to start to register as being like a toddler preschool song or something. But no, it's just Just a biz original. inspired by years of watching Up With People in the 70s. Oh, yeah. It was really nice. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. How are... Did it help you? How are you? Hmm, Definitely (laughs) helped me. Um, I'm okay. I just... I feel like I need to just... Remind the world that breastfeeding is a thing. Yeah, I guess people like, haven't gotten used to it. People <laughs> like, in the world haven't there's gotten like a lot of components to this. I feel like like there's yeah. so part of it is just that the big part I think is just <laughs> your boobs. A, ah, well, thing. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry. Nice, I'm nice. sorry, guys. The I big had to parts. Um. No, it's just. Like, it's one of those things, like, we talk about how, like, we never know what's going on in somebody's life or in somebody's house or whatever. And it's one of those things that I just think is really easy to forget about after you're done with it. Yeah. I can say because I did that. I have no memory of breastfeeding anymore. Like, it was a lovely experience. And just (laughs) the fact that, like, now, like, for example, today... I don't have my my pump with me and like it would have been really nice to have it today. Like sure. I'm not going to like die without it, but like it's kind of annoying yeah. that I didn't bring it cuz I just didn't think of it. Right. And like yesterday I had my pump and I never used it. Like I never needed it. Right. And I was like, "Why did I bring this?" Yeah. But it's like there's it's just like an extra thing yeah. to be thinking about at all times and like trying to like figure out like yeah. when do I need this? How do I need to be doing this? Like, and and then there's You're like, right. There is this whole extra. Where am I going to be? Yeah. Where am I going to be able to do this? How yeah. long am I going to be? Go- where when? will I store it? Yeah. How will I? It is like literally its own camping trip of like it supply is. needs. It is. Yeah. On a daily basis. Yeah. Just On to top go of out. all the other little right. things for all the different children. Right. That live in my house. <laughs> Um, so there's that. And then there's just like, you know, like the soreness and the fullness and the leaking and the little pads that you stick in your bra that are like super uncomfortable. But yeah. if you don't wear them, then there's always the possibility that you have like milk dripping yes. through your shirt. It's just like a weird thing. And then there's like the breastfeeding in public thing, yeah. which like has gotten better and better, I feel like, but is still kind of a weird <laughs> or thing. Or you just care less and less. <laughs> you do care less yeah. and less. And I think... And I, but I think it for me, like it depends where I am and who I'm with. And some people I don't know that well are super comfortable with it because, like, that's just something they're comfortable with or they they're used to it or whatever. Right. And then other people are like, "Whoa, what's happening here?" You know. (laughs) I really do wish people actually said, "Whoa, what's happening here? What's about to happen?" That'd be amazing. (laughs) that, uh, That would just be. The most remarkable. But, like, yeah. I also, I, I don't blame anybody either just sure. because it is, like, like I feel like we're so, like, technologically advanced <laughs> and, like, detached from our, like, physical Bodies, selves yeah. in so many ways <laughs> now that, like, breastfeeding, it's kind of like pregnancy right. in that it, like, fo- it forces humans to, like, face our humanity. <laughs> and Do you know what I mean? Like, the yeah. face the fact that we're right. just fucking animals. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're not fucking animals, you guys. Right, 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 Whoa. right, right. Whoa, guys. Whoa. Whoa. Not this Take show. Take a step back. Calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, that we're just mammals, you right. know what I mean? And yeah. that's, like, hard to deal with sometimes. We're just sometimes. food sacks and bags of bones yeah. walking around on this planet. <laughs> Somehow 
miraculously like doing things, opening pickle jars yeah. and having kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just like, that's just what I'm dealing with well, this right, morning, right, I guess. Right, right, No, that makes total sense. How are you? I'm, I'm all right. I realize, I just, you know, I'm just like parenting along in my mm. little parenting canoe, oh, yeah. paddle, paddle, versus mm. no one crashing to shore. Yeah. It's uh, topsy-turvy in that canoe. It is. That, well, trust me, in my canoe, I am the one who has to uh, do the steering in the back. The coxswain? That I'm the coxswain. <laughs> is that I what the coxswain does? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, but I, I can do a canoe salute. Anyway, okay. so I'm just parenting along in my parenting canoe, and everything's kind of like, uh, all right, nothing dramatic. But I did realize, I've been thinking about this recently, early on in the show, I was deeply concerned <laughs> about the fact who was going to be teaching Katie Bell uh, kid stuff. You know, like um, mm. uh, X Y Z D P D Q examining, yeah, yeah, fight songs, yeah. and you know, I know yeah, yeah. a wiener man and things like yeah. that, right? So, like, <laughs> who's gonna Batman smell her? Who's gonna like make the? What will be right. the the like super inappropriate jokes that parents yeah. should never hear? Right. But like, will become a part of her lexicon yeah. of like, oh, that probably wasn't cool that we did that. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, I was really, I was really, I remember really being like, should it be me? Am I supposed to be telling her these things mm-hmm. now? Yeah, that was a, that, that was, was a major thing. That was a major thing. thing. <laughs> I just wanted everybody to know, uh, I don't. You don't? I don't. Okay. She's in second grade. Again, I think I was worrying too early. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't need to be the one, sin- I don't need to be the It's light. going to happen. It's going to happen. Despite you. She may yeah. not have an older sister, but I don't have to be her no. older sister no. to introduce these things <laughs> uh, into the elementary school, like, you know, lexicon mm-hmm. of garbage that they share. Yeah. So uh, I just, that was it. It was Great. just like, oh, I don't have to do that. She's got it. <laughs> Children's books have this covered for her. Are you, you know? gonna like tell us, give us an example no, of no, how no, you know that's that well, I think I, I know because you know she is definitely incorporating the word butt and fart mm-hmm. in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are slight parody songs I hear coming around. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not to say that Stefan has not versed both children in Weird Al Yankovic songs, mm-hmm. but those are super irrelevant <laughs> on the playground today. I am, like, waiting patiently mm-hmm. for the... Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I remember the song that we used to sing was like, my president has a first name, it's J-A-M-M-Y, my president has a second name, it's C-A-R-T-E-R, whatever. Anyway, it's like about uh, Jimmy Carter uh, to the baloney theme song, right? Mm-hmm. And we go, Jimmy Carter has a way of messing up the USA. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? like, I mean, you know, it's oh great. God, so okay. it's like one of those kids' yeah. songs. So I'm like eagerly, yeah. guys, I'm eagerly awaiting the Trump song oh, yeah. to come through. And I will say... I am tempted to put our collective comedy oh, sure. brains together to maybe come up yeah. with one. Because it, could it be, would probably be like a higher caliber. Yeah, a little higher Trump caliber song. really stick. Yeah. To be our, our silent way, yeah. to, like a silent mom way of protesting. I like that. Like, I, like I don't know that. what that song's going to be yet, guys. But everybody <laughs> keep your ears open for these. Because I, I do think these are like sort of important parts of like, yeah. you know, childhood is that. Anyway, whatever. Don't everybody who might be also really struggling with yeah. worrying if they should be teaching the kids yeah. all their gross I'm farts. Sure there's just a huge, yeah. huge portion Ms. of Lucy our audience had a steamboat. really stressing out about The this. steamboat had a bell. Mrs. Lucy went to <laughs> This heaven. definitely isn't the just you. The steamboat went to hello operator. Okay? <laughs> there, it happens naturally, <laughs> as naturally as puberty. Uh, speaking of things that happen naturally, we are going to talk... About a word today. Today's word on One Bad Mother is selfish. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Selfish. That is some word. Mm-hmm. Selfish or selfishness. Yep. Uh, I feel like we have been hearing that word used a lot lately in the calls that we're getting, mm. especially in the rants. We've been hearing it uh, when people are talking about wrestling with 
having a first child or more kids. We've heard it uh, when people are talking about trying to find time to do things they like. I mean, I remember a call we had a long time ago about a woman who was doing, you know, acting, doing like community theater. And she felt like really selfish about going every night to do this thing that she loved, right? Like, And Teresa and I were just like, do you hear that? It was like, you just yeah. hear it enough. You kind of miss it the first yeah. few times. And then it, you keep hearing it and it's, you start to go, whoa, right. whoa, we need to stop and talk about it. And I, because selfishness and being selfish feels like the evil twin of self-care. Totally. Right? Yeah. So let's, I want to just kind of start with, have you, Teresa, ever wrestled with the feeling that you are being selfish? Uh, or do you do anything that you, yeah. I mean, like, what a, a selfish, are you, are you selfish? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I hear the word, like, selfish, like, I'm being selfish, or you're selfish, or like, used as a descriptor, it really takes me back to, like, sixth grade or something. Oh. Like, I feel like that was something that we used to say... To each other when you weren't about, getting your a, way. About a girl that we were mad at yeah. or something. Like, she's really selfish, or that kid is selfish, or something like well, that. Well, right, you won't let me... Use, oh, you're right. It's like, you They're won't selfish. go get me. Yeah. I can remember... Or like, yeah, go, go well, I was just going to say, yeah. I can remember, like... Uh, in sibling relationships, yeah. go get me a Coke. Yeah. Now, why are you being so selfish that you won't go get me that thing? Right? Yeah. You know, or like, or yeah, or like, um, if the kid only wants to do what they want to do right. when you go to the play date, that kid is selfish. selfish. Or that kid won't share. They're selfish. Right. That is like to me. And so whenever I hear an adult use it about themselves yeah. or another adult, it's it takes me a minute to catch up because honestly, like. <laughs> Like, as an adult human, my feeling <laughs> is that, like, we are all selfish. We're fundamentally selfish. Right. That's survival. That's being a human. Um, right. You have to be selfish to take preserve yourself. And, um, I mean, even... Like, even good deeds that we do for others are often selfish, selfish. because they, they make us feel good. Right. And it's a way of demonstrating that you're a good person and that you are somebody somebody would want to be friends with. And therefore, you're being selfish because right. you're doing this so that you can have friends. Right. Well, there's, you know, there's like, the old therapist thing that a therapist told me was mm -hmm. the you're either a caretaker or a caregiver. Mm -hmm. you, you're either taking care of people because... And you want nothing back. You literally could do this act. Yeah. And you're doing it because that uh -huh. that is helpful to somebody. Or you're doing it because you want them to thank you. You need uh -huh. to feel like, you know, which yeah. I always thought was such an interesting way. Like, oh, why yeah. am I helping this person? Why am yeah. I doing these actions? But I don't think that's necessarily bad either. No, like, no I'm I, not saying it. But like, I know, do like, think there are two ways that you could be doing it. But the way you're described being selfish mm -hmm. All sounds normal and natural. However, there is a real anchor tied to that word mm -hmm. of negativity. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, so I get that we all need uh, to be selfish to survive in the world. But there's within that is, mm -hmm. again, this weight of, well, do you are you do you kick everybody out of the lifeboat so that mm -hmm. you can survive because you are a surgeon and you are going to save all these lives? Like, there's like a little bit of a. Sort of morality, uh, you know, college class that surrounds the world. Like, well, what is is selfish bad or mm -hmm. is it good? Yeah, right. Which is why I say it's the evil twin of self care. Right, because self care is a really positive thing. It is making sure whether it is taking care of yourself physically or mentally mm -hmm. so that you can thrive. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if we had to come up with an extra word because we had fucked up selfish yeah. so badly yeah. so that we could no longer say this is a selfish choice we're making uh, without it you know, uh, connotating bad, right? poor, right? you know, like a poor decision, a bad decision. Right. Um, is there anything, but you're right, it, it is definitely a word that does bring back childhood or childish or adolescent behavior. Yeah. Right? Like using yeah. an adult word in a 
reactive way. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Which is really interesting. And I wonder how much that plays into how we use it as adults, especially when it comes to ourselves. Right. So are there things that you feel are selfish that you do or I mean I mean it's so interesting because like I've I've noticed that um in our calls as well Biz Mm -hmm. that like we've been hearing people say like I'm not sure am I being selfish right um and like for example our a recent ranter who was trying to decide if she should have a second kid was saying like she feels like if she's if she doesn't want to have a second kid because that's going to like take away the anything that's left for herself right is that being selfish you know is is she being selfish and i thought that was that really hit me because for me i feel that having kids is the most selfish thing i've ever done oh. like i feel like that was like my decision to have kids in the first place was totally for me like i don't right. have some like delusion that like oh you're welcome world <laughs> I'm going to make these additional humans that this planet will need to support. Right. And they're just going to be so amazing that this is my gift to you, world. No. I did it because I had to for me. Right. I had to. And to some extent, Jesse and I together really wanted that. Right. For ourselves, you guys. So that's, I mean, it's just weird because, and this is, you know, I went through that questioning thing again when I when we talked about whether to have a third child. Yeah. Because Oh, I remember, yeah. You know, we weren't sure. And like there was this part of me that was like, Am I being greedy? Mm, like greedy. You know? Yeah. I don't wanna be greedy, but it feels like so much abundance. Like, could I have three? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um I mean, I think that like the reason I bring that up is just because like I think that that kind of could illustrate how confusing this yeah. idea of selfishness is. Because then, you know, as I'm a mom and as I'm raising my kids, there's their their existence is selfish to me in right. my mind. Okay, but I don't. I mean, I don't really feel guilty about it. I just feel like I did that for myself. Like I feel like I it was something I had to do for me. And like, I'm glad that I did that. But then like, there's lots of sacrifices I had. Like, I don't, I don't deny that whole concept of like, oh, parents have to make all these sacrifices for the kids. That's, that's true too, you know? Right. But I don't think that, like, I just think it's, it's totally like the story that we tell ourselves, that kind of thing. Like almost any of this shit is about a story. Yeah. And like, the thing is, is that, um... I figured this out in law school, but like basically (laughs) if I am doing something that makes me miserable, this is kind of like your two ways of of caring Caring for others. If you're caring for somebody or doing something that is like theoretically on paper good for the world, but you hate it. Right. No good can come of that. No good can come of that. Right. No good. Sure. Yeah, I agree. So that's, so I don't know. Where do we leave this? Well, I think what's interesting is... I feel like I hear you describe why you think what you did is selfish. Yeah. While with me, it's, uh, I when I think of selfishness with parenting, I fall into the camp of the caller of mm-hmm. like, uh, I shouldn't have had these kids. And I am uh-huh. selfish for thinking. Uh-huh. I should, you know, I could have, I could be, you know, who knows what the fuck I could be doing right now. <laughs> right. I, I could have seen even one episode of Breaking Bad if I didn't have kids. Right. Like, so I mean, like, and I always feel really bad when I have those moments of, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, uh-huh. right? Maybe I shouldn't have had, uh-huh. or should have just had one. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, yeah. Two, right? Like, so, yeah. or, uh, yeah. And you so, feel like that's maybe selfish because, like, you're thinking of yourself. Because like, I'm thinking of myself. You I'm want. denying. Yeah. I'm denying. Like, the planet, of course, wants children. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? Like, I mean, because I think culturally, I wonder how much plays into how we define selfishness for yeah, ourselves. I the story so. we tell. Oh, totally. If you grew up around kids are the best thing, yeah. then must ha- must, pop- popping yeah. them out yeah. is good for the world. Yeah. If you are, you know, deeply influenced and, you know, even tuned in slightly to the overpopulation crisis yeah. on our planet, it's easy to be like, this is a selfish choice yeah. too, right? So, like, I think clearly 
culture plays into the story. True. But I think your word story is the right one, the tale that we're telling ourselves. Because what I really kind of want to get back on track about this is we are misusing the word selfish, mm. I think. I really think when when we're calling these things selfish, even though... It is about the act of doing something that makes you feel good and benefits us, mm-hmm. you know, our survival, all mm-hmm. that stuff. That's not how we're seeing it or saying it. We're saying it in the sense of the lifeboat has come and we're kicking everybody out of the lifeboat right. to preserve only ourselves. Yes. We're eating all the food. We're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. we're not sure. We're carrying the shotgun right. on the day of the apocalypse and we're not even going to ask questions. Right. Right. Like. It is, we are defining it as its worst definition, which is the act of solely putting your needs before all others in the worst sense of it, okay? That is a really heavy thing to tie on ourselves for wanting, for questioning decisions that we want to make in our life. For our own lives. For our own lives. Yeah. that for, mostly affect us. Right. Or And, I mean, how many times do we sit on the show and have guest after guest after guest come on? And, and like, good guests. Like, not like some guy off the street, but, like, doctors and mm-hmm. therapists and, you know, people who spent their whole life studying the brain and family dynamics say, you cannot take care of others if you are not taking care of yourself. Right. You yeah. cannot take care of others if you are not taking care of yourself. Okay. So we need to like, we have self-care, yeah. taking yeah. care of yourself, putting our needs up. As I think just last week we were talking about there's you can't put yourself at the bottom of the to-do list because the to-do list is never going to end. It's not selfish to put yourself up at least in the top five of your to-do list, right? right. Like if not the number one. Right. Your kid's not not getting into Harvard because you scheduled going to get a massage every day or because you took some time to go for a walk every day. Right. Like, well, especially because as parents. Right. Our well-being is really good for everyone. I mean, I believe that about humans in general. Like, yeah. I believe yes, that when we too. are taking care of ourselves, we are better in the world for everyone. Right. But especially when we have small children in our care who are exhausting and need so much. Right. I mean, I really, like, I believe we should be taking care of ourselves just for ourselves, yeah. like, regardless of how it affects our kids. But it, if you're feeling like you're being selfish, just remind yourself it's also good for your kids. Like, well, right. If you, the the right? most ultimate selfish and yeah. selfless act yeah. is to take care of yourself. Yes. It's like the old uh, working from home or studying for school at home and your kid having to be on the iPad or the mm-hmm. computer longer than you want them to be so you can get this shit done so you can finish your degree or get this work project done and people being like, I feel like I'm neglecting my child. Mm-hmm. That is the wrong use of the word neglect. Yeah. <laughs> this is the wrong use of the word selfish. Yes. And I feel like when that word comes out or we hear somebody say that word, we need to stop for a second and really ask ourselves, am I using that word right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's sort of like parent guilt. Everybody is entitled to feel guilty about whatever they're doing mm-hmm. or feel like they're fucking something up. And, you know, it's the old story of the woman who leaves her family because she just couldn't be a mom and she couldn't yeah. be a, and she goes out and she has this life that she wanted to have and she's the most selfish person ever. Mm-hmm. But maybe... Maybe she wasn't. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I don't know the circumstances right. of those stories. I'm just right. saying everybody's going to wrestle with it their own way. Right. And I just, as I wrestle with it, I need to remind myself I am not kicking people out of a lifeboat today. Yes. That's not what I'm doing today. Right. And asking hard questions about my choices is not kicking somebody out of the lifeboat. Um, asking for more time is not kicking somebody out of the lifeboat. Getting my hair done is not kicking somebody out of the lifeboat. None of those things are kicking somebody out of the lifeboat, guys. Right on. All right? And, like, knowing, also I think knowing what we want is such a gift yeah. to ourselves and those around us. Because, like, I know I've had some of the hardest times where I I kind of know what I want, but I don't think that it's the right thing to want. Right. 
Sure. And therefore, I'm just kind of like, like struggling along with that. And nobody can really help me with that. Right. And I'm not helping anybody with that. Right. Until like, once I know what I want, even if I think, even if I perceive that that might not be what other people want. <laughs> Right. That's not necessarily the case. Like, I'm just maybe worried that that, right. you know, and I'm yeah. just afraid of being like, okay, this is what I want. Now I'm going to go make that happen, you well, know? All right. Like, 90% of what we're probably worried about feeling selfish about. Yeah. No one cares. Right. I mean, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it might turn out nobody that doesn't actually harm anyone else. That's right. For you to have what you want might not actually be harmful to anyone. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and it's okay also just to wrestle with that journey. Yeah. Of trying to make the decision to make the change or pursue the thing you want to pursue or do the small thing that you want to mm-hmm. do. You know, the 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 deal is have the journey, have the discussion, mm-hmm. yeah. have it in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and let there be two voices. The voice mm-hmm. that tells you, I feel selfish doing this, and the voice that says, meh, really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. And also, I forgive you. Yeah. I forgive you, right? Like I forgive you, and I for 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 thinking that you're a bad human yeah. for wanting to do this, <laughs> right? Like again, totally. we get isolated in our decisions with parenting. Mm-hmm. We can also get really isolated in our decisions for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So everybody, go out and put the self back in selfishness a little. <laughs> <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by ThreadUp, the world's largest online thrift store. Guys, I had a really good time using this website. I got myself some Anthropology, J. Crew, as well as Lily Pulitzer shorts for the summer. And I got them for next to nothing. It was like 80 to 90% off on each of the things I got. You can also search for anything. Lululemon, Banana Republic, Michael Kors. Kate Spade, it really, you name it, it's out there for next to nothing. Plus, right now, go to threadup.com slash badmother to get an extra 40% off your first order. That's threadup.com, spelled T-H-R-E-D-U-P, dot com slash badmother. That's an extra 40% off right now at threadup.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Well, I had a, um, I think I had a genius moment a few months ago (laughs) (laughs) where I... I weaned my kids off using the sound machine. Oh. (laughs) And (laughs) this is a genius moment, okay, you guys? I'm using a sound machine again for them. And I feel great about it. You should. It's actually helping a lot. (laughs) There's a baby. There's a baby now in the mix. Sure. And there's a three and a half year old who still wakes up sometimes during the night. Yeah. And has trouble, like, settling down and going to bed. And you guys, the sound machine just really helps. It does. It really helps. It does. We have barking dogs. Yeah. It really helps. So, it's- you know what? This is this is a genius moment, too. We're using the sound Bring machine it again. Make it a choice and then change in your mind. Genius. <laughs> Thank you. Good job. Uh, my, mine's more of just, like... I, I've tried to be a good mom to Katie Bell. So, like, (laughs) Katie Bell is really patient and great with Mm -hmm. Ellis. 
and she really is mm. like in a way that I am slightly envious of. Mm. She's so good. And I've really just been trying to make a point of telling her what a good job she's doing uh-huh. and how much she inspires me and how much uh, she can help calm me down when I am, you know, uh, when Ellis is making me. We I call it, um, you guys are going to make me quack like a duck. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are going to push me. I'm going to be in the corner quacking like a duck mm-hmm. is what you guys do. Really and so like it, it focuses. So when I start going crazy, I'm like, yeah. quack! Right? They're yeah. like, no. Yeah. But so like she, I just tell her, you know, you really help me calm down when I see you are my example and I I've just been trying to tell her and I feel like that's a good thing to do it's a really good thing so, to do that's, that's awesome thank you good job yeah thanks hey Biz and Teresa I'm calling with a genius I guess uh, so I drive a small car a 2006 Cobalt and I split daycare responsibilities with my wife so I drop my daughter off in the morning and she picks her up but because it's a two-door and it's my old car from college, it's this sort of juggling act getting her in where I have to sort of turn her sideways and fall into the back seat <laughs> and then spin her around and sort of drop her down in the car seat and then go through the, <laughs> the regular routine of buckling her up. But this morning, I just placed her in the back seat and said, get in. And so she did. And then things were way easier. And it's not likely that I'm ever going to go back to the old way. Anyway, <laughs> have a great day, and you're doing a great job. Good That's job. Awesome. I know. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> you do it. Yeah. Hey, look, Climb you can. In. Yeah. Okay. And it worked. Yeah. That's the best. That's so good. That's so good. I think that ties a little into the, like, age discussion we had a couple yeah. of, like, weeks ago where it's like, well, she's still too young to yeah, do this. And yeah. you're like, oh, maybe she's not. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and there's there's so many things that are like that where yeah. they're they're gradually getting older and better at right. things, but then there is one day when they can't and one day when they yeah. can. Yeah. Like and you have to figure out when that one day is, you know, <laughs> there, like there are a lot of failures, but yes. Good job, Dad. Good job. Good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Oh, man. So yesterday, so we live in Southern California and it's always pretty much warm, like pretty much all the time. And um, it's getting to be that time of year where every day is warm, Ugh. just regardless. Yes. Um, and so yesterday, uh, Grace went to school without a jacket because I was just thinking like regular SoCal day. It totally didn't. Mm-mm. It stayed cold and actually got colder yeah. throughout the day yesterday. Aww. She had no jacket and she has a cold. Aww. It was like a new cold like that she'd gotten just the day before Aww. where I was like, should I send her to school? Yeah, it's probably fine. <laughs> Two weeks no left ja- to school. No to jacket. School. <laughs> no jacket for you. It's fine. So I just felt like that was like that was like. The most, like, classic, mm. like, you didn't fulfill your duty as right. mom to be like, I'm giving you a jacket, even if you might not need it. Like, right. you always bring a jacket. Right. Nope, not me. No, not you. I'm not a good mom. You are a bad mom. Yeah. What a horrible mom <laughs> you are. Uh, okay, this is more of a fail in the house. So, I was doing a lot of laundry, uh-huh. and I thought I was being, I usually do the laundry. We have this, like, washing machine that came with the house when we got the house. Mm-hmm. And it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It seems new enough. It seems new Having enough. Having seen it right? on a it surface It does laundry. Level, it looks like it's a fine. newish sure. set. Anyway. It's broken once before. Okay. Uh, and we paid yeah, money to okay. have it fixed. So uh, I am doing a lot of laundry, and I thought, I'm do- I'm going to not do it all on speed wash today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I'm going to try and get all the smells out by washing it properly. So I'm doing yeah. all the loads a little longer, and that's when I noticed water starting to pool under the washing machine. Mm. And my good friend was there with me, and I said, huh, this has happened before. Last time I just opened the sort of like place you can declog if stuff's gotten clogged, like, if, you know, mm-hmm. sort of debris mm-hmm. the drain, as it were, that's in the front, easy mm-hmm. to access. I said, I'll just pause it. I'm going to open this up. So I do. I go, I'm going to need a little little pan to put underneath it to catch a little water. I opened it up, and a little water comes out, and then fucking I Love Lucy style gallons no. of water come out. No. Gallons of water. No. And it's it's just, I mean, it fills up. In your the, kitchen. In, in my kitchen. It's because my washing machine's yeah. like in the kitchen, and it's just like filling, and it's not no. stopping. And like... 
my friend is like, she and I both are like laughing, and I'm like, yeah. get more pots, and she's like, that will do nothing yeah. for you. Yeah. And Ellis is like, I will fix it, and he's like, coming at it with a hammer, and oh like throughout. What the fuck? It was everywhere. I had already mopped the floor because of dropping a whole dozen of eggs on the floor earlier that day. Oh, God. So I had mopped it. It was all clean. Now it is flooded. I've cleaned it all back up. Dirty water or clean water? I don't know. Okay. It came out of the washing machine. I mean, whatever that machine is, the washing machine. So I assume I had 10 minutes beforehand told a mom I would pick up her child. (laughs) So now I've got the service people coming between three and six. Uh And I say, well, are they going to be a little later? Because I got to pick my kids up at three. Yeah. And they're like, "Uh, we can't tell tell you. you. They always come late. I call the mom and I say, can I just take your kid early because this thing has happened? Yeah. She's like, yeah. So I race to the school. I get the kids out of school 30 minutes early. Nice. And guess who calls? The The repair repair guys are going to be there at three o'clock. And I was like, are you fucking shitting me? It was quite an hour of my afternoon. And you got to bring Ellis along. For I got all to bring Ellis for the whole thing. Great. It was fucking exhausting. Oh my God. <laughs> it was the worst. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a fail. Uh, and today's episode of Baby Brain is the fucking worst. I just got off on the wrong bus. That's right. Uh, After spending an hour and a half getting my eight-week-old ready to go on the bus to the mall to pick up a dress for a wedding I have this weekend, nothing fits, so I have to go. I daydreamed or lost track or who knows what the hell I did, but uh, when I looked up, I realized I was in the wrong spot, and I had literally just left the spot that I was supposed to get off at. And it took me so long to realize this that the next stop was 15 minutes in the wrong direction. So now I'm slowly walking my eight-week-old around the bus station and go waiting to go back to the opposite direction. Great time. Thanks, baby brain. You're amazing. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, Bye. That's so annoying. That's so annoying. I chucked that up to some sleep stuff. You know what I mean? Baby brain and like... That is well, and also, super brain is like, what we're calling a super, super brain. brain. The har- the hardest part of all that is the stuff related to the baby. Yeah. So like you're probably focusing on that. And yeah. then you're like the bus, you just get on the bus. Right. You know? Well, yeah, but then was- you're like, oh shit, there was a thing about the bus I was I- supposed to also remember. <laughs> like where to get off on the bus. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that really You're sucks. really failing at just going out and trying to achieve even the smallest of things out in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but I bet your baby's pretty cute. Oh, I bet everybody cuckooed all over your baby while you were on that bus and at the bus stop. (laughs) That's what you want. That's what you want. (laughs) Well, you suck. Yeah. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Movement Watches. Movement Watches was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. These watches have classic design, quality construction, and styled minimalism. At a department store, you'd be looking at 400 to 500 bucks, but these watches start at just $95. You can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com mother. Go to Movement mvmtwatches.com slash mother. Teresa. Yes. Let's call a parent. Great. This week, we are talking to Brett McKay, who back in 2008 founded The Art of Manliness, which has grown into the largest independent men's interest magazine on the internet and has led to the book, The Illustrated Art of Manliness. Welcome, Brett. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we get into uh, the website and the book, I'd like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Uh, I've got my wife, Kate, and then i got my six-year-old son, Go, and then my three-year-old daughter, Scout. Scout, what was your son's name again? We cut out. What was your son's name? Gus. Gus. Augustus. We call him, we call him Gus. <laughs> Gustus. Uh, and your daughter's how old? She's three. Oh, my. Hey, do you have my kids? Mm-hmm. They're a little reversed. I, 
But I got the seven. Yeah. I got a seven-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son, uh, and it's a lot of noise in our house. How's that working out for you guys? <laughs> no, no, yeah, it is a lot of noise, a lot of squealing, a lot of screaming, <laughs> uh, a lot of stop that. Yesterday morning, our our three year old came into our bedroom at six thirty in the morning with a flashlight, asking for Cheerios. Sure. So what? That that's, sounds you know, par, exactly par for right. The course. Yeah. That well, that's what happens when you keep Cheerios in your bed. Right. <laughs> that's right. You store them, right, Dad? <laughs> if you kept them in the pantry, it would solve it. Solve the problem. Uh, for sure. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, the art of manliness and. We know that families can be made up in many different ways, and being a man means different things to different people. So let's just kind of start with why it's important to have a skill set defined within the sphere of manliness. Like, how do you decide what would go into the art of manliness as a concept back in 2008 when you when you sort of started this? Yeah. So, I mean, I, the reason I started the art of manliness, uh, I was in law school, second-year law student. I was taking a break from studying at Porter's Bookstore. Rest in peace, borders. Um, <laughs> and was looking at the men's magazines, and I just realized, like, man, every month when I look at these men's magazines, I'm always going to see the, the exact same thing. I'm going to see like how to get six pack abs. I'm going <laughs> to see sex tips. I'm going to see like clothing and like adventures and trips that like no average guy could afford, <laughs> let alone a newly married broke law student. <laughs> and it just didn't resonate with me. Um, just seemed sort of shallow and superficial, et cetera, et cetera. So I decided, you know what? Uh, I could start a blog. That's free. I can just buy domain names. So why don't people I start the men's magazine? People are blogging these days. <laughs> right. People are blogging. I'll, I'll start the men's magazine that I would want to read. Right? It was basically an act of narcissism. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create content that I want to read. So I did. And it took off right away because I think what I found out was a lot of other men felt the, other, the same way I did about these men's you know, lifestyle content. It's just shallow, just didn't resonate with them. It was, uh, you know, very, uh, it was promoting a lifestyle that, you know, just, they couldn't afford. Sort um, of like, sort of like the actual okay. phrase, like the, the, the feeling of manliness was just this false image of like super masculinity yeah. and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It just, yeah. You know, like when I thought of like manliness, like I think like a lot of the inspiration for the site comes from like my grandfather. He was kind of like, he's my hero. Uh, he, he, Last year at 101, wow. still is my hero. But I mean, this guy was—I mean, he had—he was a family man, had five kids, uh, served in World War II, uh, dedicated his life to public service. He was a forest uh, ranger, um, and he was the kind of guy that I mean, he could go out into the wilderness with nothing but a pack horse and a rifle and a fishing <laughs> rod and survive for two weeks. Right? He was that kind of guy. But he'd come back, but he'd also—he's like intellectually curious about things. He was. He loved talking about, you know, books and art and history, and he was just really curious. And what I loved most about my grandpa was just his, like, lack of self-importance. Um, the man had an incredibly successful career, um, did a lot for uh, conservation in the, in the Southwest of the United States. And, uh, but he never really, he never talked about it, because he was more worried about, you know, what else can I do to be useful others and even in retirement like he continued with public service he was you know he was a member of all those clubs like rotary club he did meals on wheels was you know driving you know meals to you know lone you know widows who were by themselves just so he could talk with them um so that right there and that's when i thought of like what is a man like that my grandpa was it and so that's kind of what we tried to capture on the art of manliness. so we have content about you know what it means to be a good man uh how to be a good husband how to be a good father but then we also have just like fun stuff in there that it's just it's just fun man skills, like uh, how to how to you know shave with a straight razor, how to walk like a ninja, uh, you know how to disarm a knife man. I mean, it's like that Jason Bourne stuff that guys like to like. Like you'll never have to use it, right? You'll never probably have to you know disarm a guy with a gun. But like you, you like to know that you know how to do that if you had to. <laughs> my husband, um, so we have that sort of stuff in there. My husband at this very moment, upon looking upon the like through the book with me, was like, uh, "This is yeah, this is you, Biz." Like, this is, like I don't, we go into a restaurant, we go into a restaurant, and I always sit like with my back to the corner. Facing all exits. Yeah. I have to know where everybody is. I used to joke that, like, I was the Jack Reacher of playgrounds, you know? Like, I always knew where right. every child was, always moving, and where their parents were. Like, there is, uh, there's so much I enjoy about the book as a as a person who is also interested in disarming people, possibly with knives. Right. Uh, and so, what I also really like, though, are there are just 
some general good life skills that regardless of who you are are important, like uh, leadership skills, you know, uh, making eye contact, how to walk into a room, how to, you know, shake somebody's hand, how to, uh, you know, we we have to interact with people in our lives. And uh, every one of us has had an experience where you're like, well, that person is definitely, I'm not going to hire that person. <laughs> or I, that person is ooh, the spaghetti hand or the, you know, like what's, what's up with that person? Why are they so, and, and I just feel like even for the times when I would be the most uncomfortable or feel the most socially awkward going into a situation that petrified me, these skills, at least if I had them in my head, might come into play to help me through that situation, even if those aren't my best skills, right? Like, it's right. Uh, it's sort of the art. It's almost like it's the art of preparedness. You know what I mean? Like, right. a lot of this is about being prepared. Um, and it, I, I want to kind of ask you this question of, like, it really does cover everything from, like, surviving a bear attack to, you know, picking out a good suit to how to hold a baby, how to, you know, I, I, my favorite are, like, rolling up the cuffs, how to do different cuff rolls on your, <laughs> on your shirt, and they all have different names. Uh, so I'm wondering, have you personally done... All of these things, like, have you been your own example through this? Or is this more of a bucket list for you? Like, you haven't no, wrestled a bear no. yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so like the bear thing, that's maybe one day. But most of the stuff <laughs> in the book has been tested by me. Because, um, like, <laughs> I, I have to test it, right? Because, like, I have to explain it. And if right. I don't know, like, I, 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 I like doing the things myself. Because, especially as a beginner, you always figure out, like, the things you get stuck on, it's like, well, if I'm getting stuck on this, like someone else is probably going to get stuck on it. So how can I explain it in a way, you know, if I was explaining it to myself, who's a complete newbie, how would I explain it to myself? So that's what I do. So yeah, the stuff in there, most of the stuff I've, I've tested myself. Uh, some of it know like how to, you know, jump from a bridge into water. So we go to experts on that to ask that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I talked to like, for example, on the, you know, how to disarm a knife man. I have a buddy of mine who's sort of like a firearms tactical instructor guy, really, you know, big, gruff, but really nice guy. And he showed me how to do it. And uh, I went through the motions with like these dummy knives. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's definitely been tested by me. <laughs> I just, I feel, no, I just I feel like this is so um, this is such an interesting like this book colliding with parenting I feel like is really interesting because it is true that like you know I mean there's that old joke of like the hospital just lets you take your baby home and (laughs) you just feel like what they just gave me a baby and I don't know what to do you know that that old like silly joke but like there is something to that where all of a sudden like we're responsible for other humans and like not only are we responsible for theoretically knowing how to do everything and like answer all their questions we're also supposed to be able to like show them how to do stuff that we may not even know how to do that's exactly what i was thinking about i was reading it i was like well not only is this helpful possibly for people to learn how to do stuff i'm going to be going back to this when my kids get older and be like all right this is how i really want my kids to be able to start a fire without matches right I have never been able to do that successfully, yeah. but I have this guide. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a a more realistic guide to the world yeah. for us as parents yeah. to use. To how to pretend to be a grown up, right? Even if you don't <laughs> feel right, like right. you are. <laughs> well, yeah, but here's the thing: I don't think you even need to pretend to be like you know this stuff. I think uh, kids. I think a lot of parents like they freak out, like, "Oh, I don't want to disappoint my kid." But I think uh, it's a good lesson to show your kid, like, "Hey, I'm uh, an adult. I'm functioning. Like, I have a mortgage. <laughs> mm-hmm. but there's still stuff I don't know how to do, and I'm going to learn how to do it." And so you can learn along with your kids. So it, it teaches that is an example of your kid, like. You know, learning never stops. And right. even you know, mom or dad is 30 or 40 and they seem to have it together. They, they don't. And, but that's okay because you can, you can still learn. Well, let's actually talk about the section uh, about uh, the family for you. Because I sure. think this is, there's a lot of good stuff uh, for all of us. But I do think that dads, we talked about this on the show a lot. Dads kind of get the shit end of the stick with the dumb old dad stereotype right like and and we as their partners uh if if that's the setup don't always help the most by just being like oh just let me do it 
I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? I got I just, I'm mm-hmm. right. Like it's not the most supportive environment. Um, but for example, you do a thing on swaddling in there, and Stefan and I, we couldn't swaddle solo. That was a duo act for us, right? And so there were so many things that I knew right away. It was important for him to know. I mean, I came, we all kind of walk into parenthood with our baggage of, I don't have to know this, or I'm the only one who's supposed to know this. And uh, I feel like your section, it not only covers some of these basic parenting skills like diapering and holding a baby, but then you get into some really good stuff of like... uh, if you're out with your kids, your family, and a situation starts to go south, remove your family. Don't escalate right. the the problem, right? Like, can you talk a little bit more about some of the, uh, I would not call it the more traditional baby books would tell you what to do with a, with a baby, but like other things that you find are helpful for dads to know how to do uh, as the family grows. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think a big thing we put in there is about the mindset of being a new parent. Yeah. Um, cause you have to completely shift gears and, uh, you know, it's, it, it seems like it's really hard. Like when you first you know, bring a baby home, uh, so you have to prepare yourself for that. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to get as much sleep as I used to. Um, I'm, I'm going to be really stressed out. This kid's screaming. So I just remain really calm and cool. Um, and I think that's like, you have to carry that through the rest of parenthood because like kids are just going to like keep you on your toes for the next 20 years and probably for the rest of your life, right? Even when right. you're 70, <laughs> your kids are going to surprise you. So you just got to be, you learn how to be flexible, um, which is important to do. Um, but yeah, we also talk about things like, uh, yeah, there was like how to treat your family like a VIP, which is like when you're out and about, um, you know, just being aware of your surroundings and watching out for your family and putting yourself in a position where you can take care of your family if something bad does happen now this doesn't mean you need to like walk around paranoid and like be fearful that anytime you walk out some guy is gonna you know you know come out with a gun and just shoot people down like that batman style gonna like batman style like in the alley take the pearls and yeah right that's probably the right yeah but like it's good just to be aware it's called situational awareness you just kind of you know keep your head on a swivel and like you said when you go to a restaurant (laughs) make sure you can see the door who's coming in who's coming out um, and when you walk your family out uh, to the car, like, uh, you know, walk behind them, you check the scene, make sure everything's okay. Um, so, I mean, that, that stuff is just, you know, good stuff for any uh, adult who, who has kids in their, right. in their charge to, to do. No, I... uh, but then we also have stuff, not just about dad, but like, you know, not everyone is a dad. Uh, we have stuff in there for uncles, right? I think the uncle yeah. uh, is a, an often uh, downplayed member of the family. Like he's like the guy who's he's an adult, but he's not a parent. Right. Um, <laughs> so like he, he's in charge of like teaching, you know, kids like the stuff that kids are supposed to know, like how to do dangerous stuff, you know, stupid tricks that, you know, kids are supposed to know, uh, dangerous things. Uh, so we have some stuff in there and like how to be a cool uncle and, you know, kind of, you know, cool uncle tricks you can do with your nieces and nephews. Oh, yeah, like the uh, airplanes and certain whistles and all that kind of stuff. It's, right. Some of that stuff really is just like, oh, man, I remember my dad used to be able to do this thing or my uncle used to be able to do this thing. How do I do that thing? Right? Like mm-hmm. the whistle right, with right. grass or fold the airplane. Or I can remember Katie Bell, my daughter, came home and she had one of those, like, paper fortune teller. Mm-hmm. You fold it up. Oh, and yeah, it, right? yeah, And yeah. I remember being like how do I do this again? Like, she wants me to fold this for her. And I had to really, like, pull back the knowledge that I had forgotten of all those folds. I'm like, note folding, how to fold a note to pass it in class. I mean, like, the book has very similar things. That's essential knowledge. Yeah, it it is essential knowledge. (laughs) For a kid. That's right. That's right. It's their Swiss Army knife of tricks, you know, as it were. Well, Brett, thank you so much for joining us today. Guys, the book is so good. It's a great, like, Father's Day gift. It's a good one just to, like, also have in the house. <laughs> you know, like, too. Hey, I need to remind myself how to do some stuff. To pe- There's, like, a how to entertain your toddler without a cell phone. I mean, it's got everything in it. And it's really enjoyable, uh, no matter what your role is in the family. Uh, and it's probably a good one for your kids to steal when they're a little older and go through and try and figure stuff out. <laughs> 
on their own. Uh, so, Brett, thank you so much. Again, the book is The uh, Illustrated Art of Manliness. We'll link everybody up to that as well as the website. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every week, we release a medical history podcast called Sawbones. We go over the history of the dumbest, grossest, weirdest stuff humans have been doing to each other since the dawn of mankind. But it's a funny show. But it's also so disgusting and stomach-turning, you won't believe it. But it's also, like, (laughs) funny. It's funny. It is the wildest, grossest, nastiest stuff you can imagine. It's a real hoot. It's called Sawbones, and we release it every week on iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold, and right here on MaximumFun.org. What's the deal with Brexit? Have you seen Happy Valley yet? How do British people pronounce Edinburgh, Leicester, or Norwich? Not like that. Are you tired of getting your world news from reliable sources? Often with no puns or sexual innuendo. Why was there a butcher's hat haunting Coronation Street? What's Coronation Street, and why is Dave Holmes obsessed with it? International Waters pairs a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture battle royale. Join us once a fortnight to hear the best comedians in the world trade jokes and stories and maybe even learn something at the same time. International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. That was fun. Totally. It is full of stuff, but the kind of shit that I like to know how to do. It really <laughs> sounded like you. Like all the like preparedness and situational oh. awareness. And... I will wrestle a bear one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really. Uh, yeah. Sometimes our guests uh, really fall into my sweet spot. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> as if you hand select the guests. <laughs> who come on this show. <laughs> Weird. Uh, so I'm just so selfish to have yeah. brought a guest on yeah. to take all really, my boxes. This show is really all about you, <laughs> isn't it, Biz? Guys, it's such a fun book. Uh, so I, I we, we totally recommend it. Speaking of things that we also recommend, as well as a selfish act, let's listen <laughs> to a mom call and have a breakdown. Hey, ladies. Uh, I guess this is a rant or more of just a defeated rambling. Oh, I just I just want to sit down and have a beer or a glass of wine on my back deck with my best friend. That's all I want to do. And I can't because they moved away. And they were our people. Our husbands grew up together. Our kids were the same age, the same gap, and she just got it. She got me. She got all of it. It was so easy. They lived five minutes down the road. They liked the things we liked. It just fit. And we had so much fun, and when it was hard, we had each other, and when it was great, we had someone to share it with. And they're on the other side of the country, and I really just need a little bit of self-care, and I some time to talk to her not on the phone or with kids in the background and we just can't and I never realized how important they were in our lives until they were gone and I'm a 33 year old mom with two kids and a full-time job and it's hard to make new friends and I have lots of other friends but it just doesn't fit as easily and and there's nothing I can do and I feel like I'm like six but I really really miss them it just sucks anyway thanks ladies you're all doing a great job it does suck that really sucks it really sucks you are 100% correct that Fucking sucks. I'm super jealous of your, uh, what you had before. Yeah. That sounds really, I would be really sad if I lost that too. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I, I, she said this thing. It's very easy. It's very easy to fall into the trap of being like, why can't you just call her? 
But I like, know. It, it's not the same. It, it's not the same, and it is really hard to find time in a day where you don't have kids interrupting yeah. you, or you can take the time to have a meaningful phone call with somebody. Mm-hmm. I have not found that time seven years in yeah. to make a call to call somebody. Yeah. And she's on the opposite side of the country now, so there's a whole time. So when it's right for you, it ain't gonna be right for her. Right, true. And that's really hard. That's a real place to be in. <sighs> To feel like there's not time to talk. And sometimes the joy of just hanging out together was not talking. So that, like, gets weird when you're, like, on the phone or Skyping, where when you are able to hang out, you don't always have to fill every moment. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to find your rhythm not face-to-face, right? So, like, that's, that's like, a real thing. And because I want to say you will eventually find a way to connect mm-hmm. back with her. But that doesn't mean this doesn't suck. Yeah. Right? It's a loss. That that feels awful. It also made me think about like how like you were talking about this friend and like how her family kind of like mirrored your yeah. own and like how it felt like she was she and her partner were going through like similar things to what you and your partner are going through. And, like, it just made me think about how important that is. Like, we say all the time, like, you're not alone, you're not alone, you're not alone, and how important it is, like, not to feel alone in this process. But, like, I think it's, it really, what that means is really, like, that feeling of having that friend who kind of can show you what you look like and, like, can share that experience with you. It's very it's a very like specific kind of comfort and validation Mm -hmm. that is like, I'm not crazy. Right. You know, it's that (laughs) thing. It's like, I'm not alone and I'm not crazy. And like, I'm, I'm part of something bigger than my own private experience. And, um, when, you know, having that friend right there, five minutes away, it was such, it sounds like it was just such an incredible comfort and a joy to have that, to have that gift just there yeah. for you day after day. And I, absolutely just echoing biz that that is just a huge loss. And I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm really sorry. It really too. sucks. You are doing a great job. Yeah, you are. You really are doing a great job. That's really difficult. Yeah. You're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Teresa, what yes. did we learn today? We learned that sometimes we just need to yell at ourselves and each other. Yeah. Pull it together. You're not being selfish. Yeah. You're <laughs> yes. fine. You're fine. These are reasonable desires. Yeah, or concerns. Yeah. They're reasonable concerns, yeah. too. It's all really reasonable. Yeah. You're not crazy. You're not hurting anyone. You're not selfish. In the selfish. grand scheme of things. That's right. You really aren't. Right? Like, not in the grand scheme of the things we're talking about. Right. Or that we hear people using the word selfish applied to. Yeah. Not selfish. Guys, it is only selfish in the self-care way. All right? right? So in the good way. In the good way. <laughs> in the being better. Yeah. And allowing yourself to be better for the people around you and for yourself. Mm-hmm. No one wants to go around like a bitter pill. Mama was a bitter pill. Right? No <laughs> one wants that. No. So that's the big lesson. Yeah. That's the big takeaway today. Mm-hmm. Stop feeling like shit for being a parent. Yep. <laughs> really. And I'm gonna go listen to this episode every like, day. over and over again. Maybe every morning I know, right? <laughs> as I shower or something. Right. Like maybe I should like set my phone to be like, "Good morning. Stop feeling like shit today. Yeah. <laughs> you're fine today. You're fine. You're you're okay. <laughs> you're not selfish. Close the bathroom door. You're no feeling... one's going to therapy for being yeah. kept out of the bathroom. Yes. Uh, so that was important. Mm-hmm. We also learned uh, from our guest, Brett, that uh, there are a variety of life skills out there that are good to know. Yeah. And fun to know. And will prove to be helpful in a variety of situations, whether it be wrestling a bear or folding a kick-ass paper airplane or diapering your baby. Also important between those two other things. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're getting into summer. It's no, your kids are not in school right now. There's a lot to juggle. You're all doing a really, really good job. Okay? Yeah, you are. 
Teresa? Yes. You are doing a very good job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blue. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.